It's Thursday night. Time for the Psychic View with your hosts, Miss Peg, Maureen, Anton, and Allura. During the second half of the show, call in to connect for your free reading. Join us during this transpersonal collective experience. Welcome to the Psychic View on Psychic Access Talk Radio, sponsored by PsychicAccess.com, where all the psychics are interviewed, verified, and accuracy tested, ensuring you the highest quality of quality service. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Psychic View. My name is Alora, and I'd like to welcome you to another live broadcast on Psychic Access Talk Radio, sponsored by PsychicAccess.com, where all psychics are verified and tested for accuracy. I'm looking forward to another thought-provoking show with my wonderful co-host. Hello, Ms. Peg. How are you tonight? I'm, I'm very happy. It's, the weather is much cooler here. I've had a great week. Good deal. You had a great vacation, too, right? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did. Good. Hi, Maureen. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. The dolphins are out at the beach where I live, and they've been swimming around saying, hey, come on in. <laughs> I'm doing great, thanks. That's awesome. And Anton, how are you doing down, down below the equator? I'm doing just great, thanks. I polished my aura, especially for the occasion, and it's bright <laughs> and shiny, and I'm ready to go. Excellent. Excellent. Well, do you believe that there is an energy field surrounding all things, living and non-living? That there are people who can see those energy fields and that these energy fields provide valuable information about our state of mind, emotions, and physical health. Today, we're going to explore the realm of auras in search of answers to some of these questions. There, there are many quality books that exist on the subject, and some of them, one of the most well-known, is Hands of Light, written by Barbara Ann Brennan. Another one that I recommend is Aura Reading Through All of Your Senses by Rose Rose Tree because she offers many different techniques for reading auras through many senses, not just eyesight. Most people associate aura reading with seeing auras, but there are many ways to, quote, read, unquote, or sense auras. Another good book that keeps it simple is Living Rainbows, Develop Your Aura Sight by Gabriel Hudson Bain. Tonight, I'll be interviewing our special guest, Jackie Alexander, a gifted shaman, artist, and aura reader. Jack started seeing auras at birth, and he has the innate ability to see the auric energy fields that emanate from animate and inanimate objects, including rocks, plants, minerals, animals, humans, and prenatal children. Jack spent 16 months on Water's End Reservation in Nevada, training with White Feather and his wife Crawling Bear Claw as their last Caucasian shamanic initiate. He was white, it was White Feather who named him Golden Feather. And since then, Jack has been focused on benefiting future generations with his inherent artistic abilities and gift of energy healing. To learn more about Jack, please visit http colon slash slash auras.mosaicglobe.com. Be sure to stay tuned for the second half of our show for a free on-air reading by four gifted psychics. Get your pen and paper ready because the call-in number for your free reading will be announced later in the show. It's not every day that you get this unique opportunity to have four psychics read for you at the same time, so stay tuned for that number. It, it gets really fun with the four of us. If you're new to the show, we'd like to invite you to join us in the chat room. Go ahead and log in right now on the main page on our website, psychicaccesstalkradio.com. 
If you were unable to catch our show on New Age Cults last week, you'll find a recorded archive link as well as archives for all of our previous shows on PsychicAccessTalkRadio.com under the Archives tab. Well, now we're going to go to our emails for this week. And an email that we received this week comes from Julie. So, Julie, I know this is a three-part question, and we're going to take care of you this week. I know you had a question last week, so it's your turn first this week. The first question from Julie is, can you read an aura in a photo other than a Krillian photograph? And since Jack is here with me, we're going to have him, because he's the aura expert, we're going to have him answer this question. Okay? Can you read an aura in a photo other than a Krillian photograph? You can if you have the innate gift. And part of what uh, I'd like to share with the audience uh, about the ability to read auras, we can sense auras all around us. In fact, if we anyone out there, including us right now that are uh, broadcasting this show, if you close your eyes, you're, you don't see total darkness. You're going to see flashes of light. You're going to see little waves of light. And they're going to be in different colors and kind of in different patterns and formations. That's basically looking at your own aura. Not in the depth that I might see it, but it is a reflection of your outer self. When your eyes are closed, you're sensing the inner energy that creates the aura outside of ourselves. So we all have that ability. But some of us uh, can learn to play an instrument or to paint a uh, with a paintbrush or learn how to draw. We're not all going to be Mozarts. We're not all going to be Dalis or Picassos. And we're not all going to be um, Norman Rockwells. We can be as good as we can be in what we, we do. But gifts are gifts. And uh, or reading like any other gift, if you have it, you see it, and you know what it is, and it's nothing that can be taught to you. Only the process of getting to know it can be taught. So, yeah, you can see auras and anything if you are know what you're looking at and what you're looking for. Very good. Thanks. Now, the next question is, can you read an aura in a video, like on TV or while talking to someone on Skype video, like on the Internet, Internet video? Yes. You can? Yes. Very cool. Okay, and the last question is, is the laying on of the hands in your aura the same as chronic healing? Now, do you want to... Take a shot at that. If not, I will definitely talk about that. Uh, chronic healing is something, a new term for me. Uh, I don't know what chronic healing relates to. But as far as the laying of hands on your aura, the best way to facilitate your own energy access is to use your hands as the tool to initiate the healing process. Now, if you can't read your own aura and say, I can read the aura and tell you where there might be a discomfort, I can share with you where to touch on your body where I see that by using your two first fingers from your thumb on either your left or right hand. And you usually use your right hand when you're dealing with the left side of the body, and you use your left hand when you're dealing with the right side of the body. And uh, by where you touch and wherever the energy needs to be healed or a sore or a pain or an old injury, uh, you, you yourself can facilitate your own healing. Very good. Thank you. Now, my uh, experience with the laying on of hands in a person's aura, if you are near or on their body, you're in their aura. Uh, and when you allow the life force to run through you, and I believe there are different levels of it, 
Um, so when you say pranic healing, that I'm not sure which level that includes. It may include several. But when you do, you are um, you are running prana or chi, if it's the same thing, through to that person for healing. So does anybody else have anything to add? I don't know if any. I do. I've done a lot of healing work. I don't know if. Uh, I ne we've never really talked about that. How about you, Miss Peg, or Maureen, or Anton? Have you? Is it? Do you have anything to add to that at all? No. no? Okay. I, I have the ability. I, I have the ability to see to see the colors. I have to really get to know somebody before they start to become clear for me. But I've never done any of the the healing, the, the pranic healing. No. Oh, okay. I mean, that's something we never discussed with each other, so I just wasn't sure. Okay. Good deal. Well, Ms. Peg, since you're on, it's time for our planetary weather checkup to see what's happening in our solar system this week. What's up for this next week coming? Okay, guys, this is a planetary weather from August 26th 6th to September 1st. And first of all, I want to say happy birthday to our, our uh, chat room member, Beth. Her birthday is today. We're going through a reality check right now. When the communication planet moves backwards, it, it may seem like nothing makes sense. So get ready to roll with the punches because Mercury, being our messenger planet, is retrograde from the 20th until uh, September 12th, which can cause miscommunications, of course, problems with technology, traffic delays, and more than a little frustration. Mercury retrograde is manageable if you know what's coming, as is everything with the planetary weather. And I'm sure everybody's heard... Retrograde, and usually what ends up happening is once it's done and you're through it, you look back and you go, "Oh, that must have been Mercury retrograde." The reason why I tell you guys about it every time it comes through is maybe you can be in the middle of something and and get a little bit of ease in in the tension that happens when that planet does its little dance. There's a sense of movement-based things such as communication, travel, traffic, business negotiations are interrupted and slowed. Cars can break down. Calls will get missed. People say the wrong things at the, the wrong time. Energetically, it can feel as though the universe is blocking your efforts at progress. The word retrograde alludes to redo or rethink. The theme of retrofitting or re redoing occurs. You may need more intentionality, strengthen relationships, repeat instructions, and rebuild foundations. You can't demand life to flow more smoothly while Mercury's in retrograde. Double check your work beforehand. I do that every day when I write my blog. I, I am when, I, when Mercury's in retrograde, I save my work three and four times. When it's not in retrograde, I only do it once. Set your plans in, van, in, in advance. Be willing to repeat yourself without being frustrated about it. Mercury retrograde is a reminder that we're not as almighty as we think. Peaceful surrender is the best weapon against Mercury when it is in this little dance it's doing. Go with the flow. Take each challenge as an opportunity to meditate on the unpredictability of life. As we close out this month of August, there are a few slim moon void of course events, but they all appear to be in the middle of the night, well, here in the... Uh, but this, of course, unless you are living in another portion of the world. But again, I see that there are only slivers on the planet map, and this will reign as a standard as we head into September. The full moon in Pisces. Now, I told you guys about this last week, or rather... Res did. There is something about the full moon in Pisces that occurred on August 24th, suggesting we need to pay attention to reviewing what we have accomplished to date to make sure we have not forgotten important details. So pay close attention to these next words of wisdom. Pluto in Capricorn forms a pleasant trine to the sun in Virgo and a nice sextile to the Pisces moon, providing the means to acknowledge those areas where we have built up 
too many unrealistic expectations for ourselves and our significant others. Emotional baggage can be examined and unloaded under this influence for once and for all. This is a message for all of us, so pay close attention to the feelings you have at this time. We are all still under the full moon influence, and it, the intuition is really strong. So I'm going to leave you guys this week with much to ponder. There is much power in knowing the truth and grasping to, to you the knowledge of who you are and what you were made with. Do get your natal chart done. It is truly an eye-opening experience. This week's quote is simple and sweet, spoken by Lucien Freud. The aura given out by a person or object as their flesh. Oh, I like that. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Miss Peg. You're welcome. It's time to it's time to give the floor over to Jack Alexander, our special guest this evening. And Jack is a gifted shaman, artist, and aura reader. He started seeing auras at birth and has the innate ability to see the auric energy fields that emanate from animate and inanimate objects, including rocks, plants, minerals, animals, humans, and prenatal children. I really like that. I wish I knew him when I had been pregnant. <laughs> that would have been very cool. Tonight, Jack will be reading my aura. Yes, I'm actually exposing myself and giving information based on the patterns and colors in my aura, including the various states of my chakras, which we'll explain tonight. It'll give you an understanding of why they're important and what clues they give to the issues we may have, our state of mind, health, and all kinds of things. So to learn more about Jack, please visit his website at http colon slash slash shaman dot mosaic globe dot com. Http colon slash slash auras dot mosaic globe dot com. And http colon slash slash jack alexander dot mosaic globe dot com. You can find these, all three of these websites on our guest page at PsychicAccessTalkRadio.com. It's all listed there. So if you weren't able to write all that down, don't worry. Just go to the website and you'll find it there. Okay? Welcome to the Psychic View, Jack. Thank you for having me. It's um, a pleasure to be here and to share some of this information with your audience. I'm really looking forward to this. Okay. It's great to have you here with us. Before we move into the reading, what I'd like to do is to cover some preliminary information for our listeners so that they understand what's really happening and how to relate the reading okay. to what we're going to talk about. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what is the purpose or importance of an oral reading? Well, it, it gives you the insight to understand what's really going on within you and can connect you with your misperception of what you believe is going on outside you that is uh, the cause of the situation, cause and effect. The aura is the vehicle by which you can identify and then change through breathing techniques. Many of the things that the horoscope reader was sharing with us are very relative. The flesh is a vehicle that is composed of electromagnetic energy. The mind is the electrode, and the blood is the life force. We are nothing more than carbon and slithering solution. This emanates energy. Why rainbows occur, occur in nothingness, and in fact, a rainbow is really nothing in itself because it doesn't exist by driving. It moves. You can't go to the end of it because it's in constant motion 
with the elements that are around it, which are water and the solids. That is what the aura coming off our bodies is, and that's why everything emanates from it. Because everything is either a carbon base or a combination of carbon and cellular solution. Very good. Okay, thank you. So it really gives you the importance or the purpose of an aura reading. It's really it gives you a sense of empowerment by knowing what you more about yourself. Exactly. It's another tool in your toolbox, as I like to call another toy in the toy box. We need to take inventory. Uh, when we don't take inventory on our lives, we can believe we're going in a specific direction being on an area round. Now you're moving, but you're not really going anywhere. And some people that get stuck by believing in belief systems that keep them stuck just because they're related to it, they don't have the opportunity nor the courage to explore anything outside their little framework of understanding and belief. And that's a major uh, obstacle right now in blocking a lot of the energy that's attempting to come through to accelerate all of humanity's process. That's interesting that you bring that up. I like that. Okay. So can you talk to us about some of the different levels of the aura? Like, I know there's an etheric level and different levels. Can you give us some insight into that? Um, basically, what I do is dealing with what I'm seeing is obviously fourth-dimensional reality. It doesn't exist in two dimensions. It's a fourth-dimensional reality. And we, all that have this gift, that are, are, have parts of this gift, we can get confused by what we see in a person's eyes because it can also act as a mirror of what we're seeing about ourselves. And this goes, uh, it's called positive or negative. Uh, for me, there is no such thing as right or wrong, good or evil positive or negative. It's the whole of it works in divine order, and if that's true, what are we all worried about? Okay. And the aura is simply a matrix, a roadmap for you to understand the layers that are closer to you and how they come out from you and what they're doing as we go when we actually do the reading, uh, gives you a roadmap as to where you're at right now with your energy. Uh, do auras change? Not in the individual configuration. Whatever colors are coming from you and resonating out to the white, which is our purity um, and our connection to the vine, that won't change. The levels in a Carillion photograph that you see, where there'll be splotches of one color and another color, are what the person is going through at that moment. And when they hear different music or they're given a solution to drink, that or write down when they take another photography can change because other aspects of the color are now being accelerated in the calmness of it. But what I see is the layers, much like there is an onion, and the first layers are the, are, that are closest to us are the thinnest, and as they get further out, they tend to get more dense and more thick. Yeah? So that's what I see. Okay, very good. Do you see chakras when you view the aura? The aura is the chakra. Oh, that's it. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's just that they're, the chakras pinpoint areas of, of the uh, access points for number the orange chi chakra is located in the womb. Right. Yeah. The canal chakra is the one that's located on top of the head. Right. Third eye. Isn't it? That's where the location of the energy points. So they mark the location. The chakras right. mark the locations of the energy. Of point. the source of the energy, but it's not what's emanating off of you. It comes off as as a as a series of tubes of light, one around the other, around the other, around the other. Okay. Um, what is the function? I, I understand what you're saying about the chakras. 
can you give us something about the function of the chakras? Do they pull in the energy that feeds your system or your or your energy body or change or transmit it or it, it is the receiving and transmitting is the purpose of all the chakras. They're transmitters. Now transmitters to what? Transmitters to our inner divine, which is our aura, which comes out and emanates from us. So if you're having a problem in your heart chakra, uh, to deal with it, you need to you can be given exercises, whether they be chance, changing your diet, whatever it might take to accelerate the process that you're desiring for your heart chakra to feel it more, to understand it more. And again, if you don't want to do it, that's your choice too. And it's uh, but then don't complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do something or don't. Right. That's right. I hear you. Okay, so now, do chakras correspond to certain organs or systems of the body? And yes, as does every uh, entry point of the several hundred thousand we have in our body that are used by acupuncture. These are all venues and avenues to go into the body and to change and to heal, helping the healing process of anybody. So we have main chakras, and then we have a, a lot of other chakras portals. around portals in the, into the body. We're much like the entirety of the universe, yeah? Very good. We've got portals that go into the internal process of where our spiritual nature resides, and we externalize that by the way we live our life in relation to what we believe is in our life. Okay. And most of us have belief systems that may not be serving us anymore, and when we stick to them, we wonder why we're getting more and more depressed and feeling like more and more happening in the world. And look at the depression, look at the hunger, and look at the catastrophes, and on and on and on. Well, if that's the way you're viewing it, that's the way you're viewing yourself. Christ made an interesting statement when one of his relatives had passed away. And the apostles said, do we attend, do we go and attend this funeral? Christ looked at him and said, let the dead carry the dead. Now, he didn't say this out of some callous way of understanding life. He knew that we, as individuals, in this three-dimensional temporal life of many lives that we live in our eternal existence as divine beings, is just a role. And if that's the end of that role, don't mourn that, but glorify it. He's ascended again. Yeah, that's what he meant by it. But you have people that will take things out of context to make you believe something, so you fit in with their little cubicle of understanding. Same thing with auras. Auras will allow you to work into a little cubicle to believe something that is not suited for you or serving you. You wouldn't wear clothes that were three sizes too big for you or two sizes too small. You would be comfortable. Good point. So how does it affect you uh, when you have a certain perspective of the world, how does that affect your aura and how does that affect, and, and how does that in turn affect, say, your health on, on many different levels? The way you see the world, I can almost guarantee you your health is going to be in that state. Until you change your perception of what you are seeing by knowing what it is that you're here to do, you're living exponentially off believing what someone else is telling you, which at best is second-hand information. Whereas every one of us, if we were put on a planet and we had no outside stimulus other than the planet we were living on, 
we would all know things without reading it in the book. We would know things from within and live our lives. Now, if we ran into someone else on the other side of the planet that was doing the same thing, they would have, from wherever they came from, had a different set of knowledges and understandings that when it's shared firsthand with each other, which is what the vine is doing with us with each breath, gives us that opportunity, that's what resonates in the aura and or the lack of resonation and the sickness that the auras are closing in on you to make you wake up so that you change patterns in your life to resonate with your life. And then you see the world that you've changed everything within you. Do you see patterns in a person's aura or chakras? Do you actually see patterns? Other, in other words, I know you see colors, but do you see patterns of energy? I see all sorts of things. So you do see patterns? I see patterns, I see swirls, I'll see pulsates, pulsatings, I'll see flares and flashes, I'll see electrobolts, I'll see, and all that will be done when we actually... Okay, my patterns are going to come up. Great. Well, the colors, your co- that, that's what the whole thing is, is that the colors themselves are important as to identifying and connecting you with your uh, uh, energy matrix, which is your inner divine speaking to you. What the agitations might be or the uh, irritations might be are associated with where you're maybe sticking yourself or stuck in, and it wants you to get out of that. That's why it's... It, giving you the, the impulses. Yeah. And again, more of that... That information. Yeah. I like that. Okay, yeah. good. I'm looking forward to this. So, can you give us an example then of what some of the patterns mean, like flares or if it's gelatinous kind of or if it's soft, you know. Okay. Can, the softness, the softness of the color, the ideal aura base you want coming off of you would be like looking at a rainbow as a three-dimensional object, not seeing it the way it appears in the sky, but looking at a three-dimensional object where you're seeing the colors coming through and how they all be soft, mm-hmm. and then make an infinite amount of colors as they pass through and touch each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's ideally pastel, soft, lightness, airiness of it is ideally what we all want to achieve. Because we're in a three-dimensional vehicle, that is no possible. It just isn't, not because it's not a perfect vehicle in divine order, it's because this vehicle is made in such a way to challenge us. The body. Yeah. If the to body grow. Yeah. If we weren't challenged, we wouldn't grow. If we weren't challenged, we wouldn't grow. If we didn't grow, we'd know to be here. We'd be somewhere else. <laughs> right. Okay. So, just to kind of summarize, patterns, colors, uh, and all those things tell you a lot about where a person is spiritually, mentally, Emotionally. emotionally and physically. And so not only can you understand your life's purpose through this, but it it can give them a lot of information about, give a person a lot of information about how to improve their health, bring balance into their lives, and empower them, basically. Yes. And the, the real secret of spiritual uh, uh, understanding on any level is to get off the tightrope and quit worrying about balance and to be centered. When you're centered, you're there. Now, can you go a little bit further and describe for for us what centered is? Centered is your inner knowing and feeling it before it gets up into your head and 
starts playing all the old programs and all the old tapes before you can edit it. That's what becomes Trapsui. The centeredness is what we all are. If it's all in divine order, we all have to be centered. The fact that we can take it's our free will of choice. Right. And divine doesn't hold accountable for it. It just kind of shakes its head. Bill. You can have your experience. You can but have it's your experience. It's, it, it, it's benefiting the whole of, of things, but you know, you could have done it more attuned to your inner divine, which is what we're all here to do. We're here to manifest something collectively and individually on earth as we remember it and we call it in heaven. And we were all there, so it shouldn't be that difficult, but it appears to be. Right. So for people who feel who are lost or who aren't sure if they have a life purpose, which are things we all have a part, an important, we all play a vital role in being here. We all have a life purpose. Right. And because it's without judgment, no condemnation or karma payback or having to come back to redo something that you did wrong because of sinful conditions or any of that stuff that I know is a foundation for many Basis of thought and religion. The reality is it's all divine. It cannot be anything but divine order. So if we're at a whack with it, that is our point of reference looking at what we believe is out of whack and judging it. The reality is is everything is in divine order, so all the machinations and all the troubles and all the worries of the world are all part of the moving that is temporal. Every galaxy's got a lifespan. Every sun's got a lifespan, and nothing is eternal here. When we all come out of this limitation, we realize that to be our truth, but still being individualized within the divinity of the whole. And that is why nothing can be judged here, because it's all just the movie. And if you went to a movie where everyone was la-di-da and happy joy-joy, you'd walk out of the movie. Because there's no interest. Okay, so what else? God is love, God is love, God is love, God is love. God is only one spoken in the movie. You can walk out of the movie. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not the truth. But, okay, now what? That's what this life is for, is for the now what? Now what are we going to do? Yeah, we got that. Now what are we Now we each have a role to play out in this life. We can always change that role. If we don't like the movie we're in, edit it. <laughs> you can change. Yes, you can. At any given time. That's also our free will. Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. I'm actually discovering that actually for myself at this period of my life. It took me 51 years, but I, I, I am getting there. Thank you so much, Jack. You're welcome. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor, PsychicAccess.com. A new era in psychic services has begun. PsychicAccess.com. You can connect with our psychic advisors by telephone or chat 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All of our psychic advisors are interviewed, fully verified and accuracy tested, assuring you quality service. We are living in some very troubled times right now. More and more, the world's problems are affecting us on a personal level. You don't have to deal with this alone. Our highly accurate psychics, caring advisors and talented mediums can help with situations you are currently experiencing and can let you know what the future may hold for you. All new customers get a free six-minute reading. All you have to do is register. Why not visit us now and get a free reading at PsychicAccess.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take a moment to make a few announcements before we continue. 
If you haven't already heard, we're presenting a four-part series on 2012 Exposed. Please be sure to join us on October 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th as each co-host presents our 2012 Exposed series. Each show will have a different theme, so be sure to stay tuned for this upcoming event. And you can see it on PsychicAccessTalkRadio.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you can find out more. Also, be sure to visit our PsychicBloggers.com site for anything psychic you'd like to learn about. Learn about everything from reincarnation to the how-tos of psychic development. And if you're interested in a reading from the best psychics on the net, go to PsychicAccess.com where you'll find the best verified and accuracy-tested psychics, each with their own unique gifts. Each psychic has a detailed profile for you to find out more about them and to choose from the list of some of the most gifted psychics around. Many gifted psychic, psychics who have worked with for other sites have come to me and told me that they found Psychic Access to be the best psychic website because of the high standards required of our psychics. I, for one, enjoy working for Doug and Psychic Access because of those standards. I know that with Psychic Access, I'm associated with a credible psychic site with high standards and integrity, so my reputation is safe. All the co-hosts here on Psychic Access, TalkRadio.com, work at Psychic Access. And if you'd like a personal reading from any one of us, be sure to visit us at PsychicAccess.com. We would love to hear from you, and we'd love to talk with you. By the way, if you're a site owner and a webmaster, you have the opportunity to earn 50 cents per minute on every reading on traffic that is referred to PsychicAccess.com. So if you'd like more details about that, just visit http colon slash slash PsychicAccess.com forward slash webmasters. And with that, we're going to go back to Jack. Welcome, Jack. I'm glad to be back again. Good. For our listeners' sake, what we're going to do, we're going to describe a little bit about the process as he reads uh, my aura. And uh, what I'm going to do is He's going to, I guess, look into my eyes. Is that yes, what you do? Yes, we'll take off our, our glasses. Our glasses. <laughs> okay, well, both be, I'll be blind. I don't know about you. And I'm going to write down the colors that he sees in my aura because he's going to go into a different um, state of consciousness, so to speak, in order to do that. So I'm going to do the writing. And then once we're done with whatever he tells me to write down, he's going to go back and give me the information I need to understand the colors and patterns that he happens to see. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and start. This won't take long. It'll take only a minute or so. So maybe silent right now, but it's, uh, we have a play. Okay, sounds good. So before you start writing, I want okay. to go down in line. And just go there into my eyes. You can look if you want. coming off of you, a nice lavender purple, but on the periphery of it is almost like a thin band of a darker purple. The next color coming off of you is a radiant uh, sky blue blue. And what appears to be happening is that it's not like lightning bolts, but more like um, when you see the lightning striking, you don't see the lightning 
bright, but just for clarity, you can see it in the distance where it's just going to light up the sky. It's kind of doing that with the blue. Blue is then coming off into a pink. And the pink is flaring. Not you know, like sun flares, solar flares, but nice, even flaring. It's moving from that pink and it's going into the orange. Kind of mingling. The orange is also slightly flaring. So within the orange, there's a lot of uh, movement. Kind of like looking at twilight of light on water. Happening like that in the orange. On the other side of the orange, that is going now into the green. The green is a soft green that in the middle has a quivering of almost dark deep kelly green. From that green it's going into a red. And the red is a warm red, a cool red. It's flaring softly into touching with the last two colors what we all have at the end, which is the silver. And the silver is like our protective mechanism of the blind protecting itself onto itself through us, connecting us to it. And this is uh, a little bit shiny, almost reflective, like that little bit of reflection thing. And it soothes out, smooths out into the light. bad note-taking. Yeah, well, that's good. But, uh, <laughs> now, when I give you answer, mm -hmm. if I give you answer, this is where you'll put them. And you'll just have to rewrite and put them oh. here so that you'll have a standardization. This is more for your personal notes. Oh, all right. It, it makes no difference. It's all going to be the same. So this, you don't know that the first color is? Okay, so I'm going to read back the yes. color. So the first color you mentioned was a lavender purple. It's a, and then... It has a thin band of darker purple on the periphery. Okay. The purple color is having to do with your spiritual awareness of self. And that is a nice color to have focus to. Because that's what you're resonating to. More than anything else in your life, you're resonating to get clarity from within yourself as to what's really going on. The fact that it was soft the way it is means there's light. There's light happening. There's, there's, there's a sense of... Um, it's not a heavy chore. It doesn't seem to be really all that burdensome. It seems to be something that is just going into the pace it needs to be going at. <clears throat> the band that's deeper around it means that you've got some residual old belief systems that are still acting as, uh, you may see them as boundaries. In reality, they're really only self-projective obstacles. And if you're giving yourself permission to get rid of it. 
Yeah, there's too much going on in the positive feed. You're just sticking to a few little belief systems that you know aren't true anymore, but you're holding on to. You don't need to do that. Excellent. Thank you. What's the next color? Next color is a radiant sky blue blue with lightning, like a lightning in the distance, not striking like lightning, but kind of lighting up the sky. Yes. Um, the blue is the... Uh, The, the divine, the, the divine body mechanism that you're housed in as part of your collective, uh, you probably emanate from this blue source of light and energy. Yeah, it's related in the ascended master that It's related to the uh, uh, Yeah, and it's an energy that allows you to see in the outgoings of the world and how things are manifesting, be able to look at it differently than most people do. You have that ability. The fact that you, that it, it was flashing in a distance with light flashes means that you may be taking that gift a little too seriously. Mm. Projecting something in there that isn't necessarily real, which may be part of an old belief system that you're holding on. about Okay. Pink. There's a pink you said, and it's, it's flaring, but it's a nice even flaring. That's that's your uh, heart chakra. Yeah. So your your heart and the way you're feeling about what you're doing with your uh, spiritual life and in your temple that you're living in. My body. Your body. Yeah. Uh, you're at peace with your situation. And, and the fact that it's flaring, it just looks like blue. Yeah. That's a nice thing. Orange is the next one, and you mentioned that it's also slightly flaring. There's a lot of movement, like twilight of light on the water. Yeah. Uh, it's your chi It's your intuitive knowing and understanding. And your You're reflecting a lot of stuff. You're 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 reflecting, but you're not letting it in. You're mm -hmm. reflecting. <laughs> okay, meaning it's like, like playing badminton or like playing ping pong. Knocking it back in. Yeah, you're saying, okay, I'm not ready for this stuff to you. Not, not, I'm not ready for this stuff to you. The fact that it's flaring and that it's off your heart, it's trying to make connection to you that you are ready. That you've got to believe. Now, ready for what exactly? Ready to trust without pain or suffering the information. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that's our, that's especially for women, men too. The difference between a man and a woman is that one is a womb man and the other is just a man. Man is the head, the protector, the navigator, the one who protects the seed of the woman and the woman herself. And in doing so, it protects that nature and a creative aspect of the vulnerability. So, we all have a womb, but women actually have the womb. Right, they we have a physical. Through it, right. yeah. So, you have, you, you get this information, you're able to process it quicker than male energy is. And what it's sharing with you is that you're ready to receive the information of trust, really learn to trust within yourself what the heart is sharing with you. You start playing games with the 
that you're going to build up more layers of mm-hmm. resistance, which will then appear in the puddle. So the trust the intuition, the intuitive stuff that I get. Because the self evident the life you're living and how healthy your body is becoming through changing your body and mm-hmm. share with the mirror that mm-hmm. self evident. Yeah. So that's okay. what's happening on all levels. Thank you. All right. Um, green, you said it's a soft green that in the middle has a quivering of dark, deep green. Green is healing. Green, when we have green in our, our, our aura, when we all have it, but it's different places in the But when you see green, it's, it's the color of healing. The fact that it's soft, it means you're in the process of going through an accepted healing process. Uh, in the middle, what was it, a dark green? A, 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 a dark, deep, uh, like Kelly green, I think you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was doing what? Was it doing uh, quivering. Okay. And right um, in the middle. You're, you're having uh, some difficulties with... Um, with your intestinal area. Okay. Yeah. Um, the quivering is a, a wake-up call for you to, uh, I would recommend to get a colon. Okay. A colon. All right. Yeah, get a colon and get, open, open some of this up because it's, it's quivering and the fact that it was a band within the middle, that's the one thing that is blocking some of the other healing over your digestion disease properly because they're getting blocked in the small intestine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, pay attention to that. Yeah, pay attention. Thank you. Uh, and the next one is a red, a warm red, and it's flaring softly, and it's touching into the silver. We'll get into silver in a moment, but the red, and you said it's a warm red, not a cool red. Right. Flaring softly. Yeah, that's your blood. Well, is that a good thing? That's a good thing. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I know I have blood, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I don't have your, good blood. No, the blood, the blood is warm. Your, your, your blood warms you. It doesn't make you just need to chill the cold. Mm-hmm. You can have a warmth moving through your body. And the blood is the mechanism that calls forth all things that need to be healed and to make it fail. Wow. Yeah, and that's working for you in your DNA blood. That's what's going on for you. So don't feel despair about being alone, you know, out of a relationship or anything along those lines of surgery. Being alone is really doing all one. I like that. When you are when you are self when you are centered within self, which isn't the same as self centered. Right, right, right. When you are centered within the one, which is within you, which is yourself, which is part of the greater collective, which is the one. You don't have to worry about those kinds of things because they'll come to you. Because you'll be rippling it out as a secondary wave of Love on condition, without a contract, and just the healing and all those things have a way of coming back to us from what we send out. Right. So that's basically what the, oh, we have the silver and the white. Yes, yeah, we're going to do that also. Yeah, and I may ask you to talk a little louder. All right. I'm sure they can hear yeah. um, And then that, you said, touches into the silver, which is a shiny, uh, kind of reflective type of. Right. Uh, that the last two colors that I see in, in everyone's energy are the ones that are 
a part of us that connects us to the white, which is the divine. So the fact that yours is silver and can be doing a lot of things, silver and a little bit reflective, um, as positive and as assured as you are within your uh, communication of your beliefs and things, you still have some doubts within yourself and you hide behind. But not mm. not. Okay. You don't have to do that. And you really don't. All the other things that are working in the body are self-evident that when you work on those things, that will dissipate. But right now you've got the, 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 the purple band, you've got a little bit of the flaring, oh, the flaring, yeah. and then you've got the, 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 the green band in the other part that is soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is maybe, just like I said, it might be simply a dietary thing. Yeah. Still blocking a little bit. Okay, a little bit left. All righty. Take that out and uh, see if things change. Yeah, yeah we'll stay in contact. Yeah, I will definitely, I will definitely give you feedback on that. Yeah. Um, and then it moves out into the white, which is all in the comfort zone. Yeah, it's the it's the divine divine uh, nature of all that exists. So everybody has that in the end. Well, yeah, because at the end, all you're of that is connected to it. Everybody the fact that they, you believe you're disconnected does not change the fact that one is not disconnected from it. Right. You've disconnected from it. Right. You it have not, not that. Yeah. Excellent. I, I really like that. You know, to give you just some feedback, a lot of what you're saying I recognize, actually. And uh, I've, I've wondered about that. In fact, more in the past week, some old belief system, because something new and challenging has come into my life and, and kind of challenged that. Uh, and it's been in a really good way mm-hmm. because I've kind of like breathed through it and been fine with it. It's actually been kind of fun. And uh, But I noticed that. That's something I did kind of question. So it's interesting that you cool. saw that. Cool. And uh, a little bit of blockage with the intestinal system. I noticed that. Not really understanding why, but maybe it is uh, diet. So I'm going to check that out. And some of the other stuff you mentioned. So the doubt, uh, trusting certain parts of myself, letting go, which is also part of the old belief system. Uh, totally, 100% trusting. That's what I'm working towards. Well, and that's my intuition and my my source this of is information. The, this is the source of what is going to keep us in the grace of what we call being perfect. Perfection by definition is, is a process that happens through action and change. Is the act of being perfect. So people that have this idea that perfection is a state can be achieved are missing the point. Perfection is a state. And the fact we can either resonate within that state or distance ourselves as far away from it as we want is really on us. And that's, again, where the energy and the aura and the ease or the dis-ease of the body itself vehicle that contains the energy is going to be the first barometer by which we really know in our life where we're at. Very good. So it's all reflected in the aura. All of it. Excellent. Now, these colors that you saw... Do they ever change, or do they just get like lighter, softer, darker, yes, and all, the patterns? Yes, but they're yeah. always permanent. Your 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 matrix mm-hmm. is as unique as a snowflake that makes up all the snow that ever falls in any single snowstorm or any snowstorm that has ever taken place on this planet Earth. Not two snowflakes have been seen. 
That's how you eat our oral bar. So somebody else's first layer might start with orange? Good. Really? Could start with green, could start with, could start with purple. Okay. So if mine is lavender, how could that, and I decided, now that, that by the way, truly does reflect my first priority. Oh, Interesting that you came up with that. Um, you actually came up with it. All I did was I agreed it. that you did a great <laughs> job, actually. That is so true, 100%. But uh, my question to you is, what if I switched? And knowing that I'm also a lawyer, which is what I've decided not to do, but let's say I wanted to do uh, litigation, which is, of course, all conflict-ridden, not spiritual. I mean, I guess you could be a spiritual lawyer and run your business that way. Or what if I decided just to be totally about money and stuff like that? Would that lavender still show up as the first layer and just muddy? Or <laughs> Probably not. Really? But yeah. the lavender would still be there as the All first the part of the matrix. Yeah, that that's, what that's what you are. The fact that you're going to close that off and it becomes dark and you, your word, which is a good word, muddy. Yeah. It might even have weird movement in it, like, Opening vortexes that are closing, opening and closing means you're leaking your spiritual energy and you're leaking that to some other area of your aura base, okay. which is then going to be very conflicting. Right. And so, your body will show it. Your excellent. stress will show it. The mind will show it. When you know you're BSing somebody else, yeah. you, you first know you're BSing yourself. Yes, yes, because you know somewhere, that that's the one thing I noticed, somewhere in your being, like, we all inherently know what divine right order is. We really do. Yeah. And if you're not living within divine right order, some part of you knows it, and it, it starts going haywire in your life. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to chat so long about um, um, the, the interdependent relationship there is between... Um, the layers of the aura and the seven chakras. Um, our guest has actually um, referred to it um, earlier, um, um, and he actually made the statement that um, that the chakras of the auras are actually one thing, um, which I agree with. It's basically, um, you know, chakras are basically a component of the aura, or whichever way you want to look at it. Um, we tend to think of the aura and the chakras as two separate objects or manifestations, but in truth, the chakras are a component or an extension of the aura, and they have a symbiotic relationship with each other. So, um, you know, the one cannot do with, without the other. Um, so, um, the chakras are the means through which a physical body communicates with its aura, and vice versa. Um, She's back. She's back, I think. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay, <laughs> Thanks, Anton. Okay. I, I'm going to, I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead because um, I don't think, um, the only people that can be heard is you and me, I think. So let's okay. roll, just uh, try okay. and go on. Um, so like I was saying, the chakras are the means through which a physical body communicates with its aura and vice versa. Um, uh, for you are not a physical body. I don't believe that we are a physical body with an aura surrounding it. Instead, our aura and our physical body, body is one unit. Um, and I actually would go further to say that um, the, the physical body is actually a result of the aura. Um, so I don't, I don't believe that the, the body creates the aura. I believe that the aura actually creates the body. 
Well, what do you think about that, uh, Maureen? Well, you do you know, think I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm you strange? Know, <laughs> yes, but I like I, good strange, like I'm good crazy. Um, Anton, actually, if I'm understanding correctly, my thing is with the auras, I have epilepsy. I've had all my life. And I don't know if anybody knows about this, but people they um, with epilepsy or have seizures, right before it will happen, um, it's there's auras. You you'll you'll it's all my experience was with yes. auras. It's it's really strange, and it would be like um, it would be right before the seizure would start. Now when I was younger, I didn't understand all this, of course, but it's a, there is a distinctive feeling that you get right before a seizure, and an aura is like a telltale sign, a sensation, and it's experienced and by some people. Mostly, I think. I know I did. But it's a very strange feeling. In fact, one time it happened to me when I was, I was having, you know, it came on. My friend was with me, and she said at the time it happened for me, a white sheet, it felt like, went right over my eyes. It felt like I, I was, went through a white sheet over my eyes. I was trying to run from my seizure, which is the worst thing. But she said that my eyes turned blue, as blue could be. And my, I don't have blue eyes. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know... Very interesting. Mm. It is amazing. I, I actually, as far as I know, I'm, I'm not sure, but as far as I know, um, people also uh, experience these auras when before they get a migraine. Some people that they are, you know, that suffer from severe migraines. So yes. it is actually, it is actually quite interesting. And um, you know what? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Marie. No, uh, you know, I wanted to say also. I don't know. I had a very dear friend that died. <clears throat> An hour before he died, I, I, he was my business partner. I was with him, and he kept—he wasn't able to do much talking. But right before he was getting ready to go, um, he started going with his hands over his head, round and round, and looking at me, staring at me. And he'd not had any much of any communication with anybody at, at that time. He was kind of like just blank. And all of a sudden, he started going. He started trying to say colors. Is what he's saying. But he's looking over my head and showing. And he had the most beautiful look, and he smiled. An hour later, he died. But he must have been seeing some auras all over the place. Is what I was thinking. I thought that was very interesting. That um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, you know what? Maybe um, um, because you know, um, I think it might be a good idea for us to to um, okay. just briefly yeah. look at what the chakras are because we've been talking about it, but we haven't really. You know, explain what they are. You know, in case there's somebody listening that doesn't really know what we're talking about, um, because I think most people that didn't know now has a pretty good idea what the aura is all about. But but we've also, we've also been talking that the chakras and the auras are linked, um, and um, uh, so we might just want to explain quickly what the chakras are. Um, the word chakra is a Sanskrit word meaning wheel. Um, so the sh- a chakra is basically a wheel-like. A spinning vortex that penetrates the physical body um, with the outer ends of each vortex forming a specific layer of the auric field. Um, so these are basically like like sort of um, almost like little whirlpools or wheels that, that, are, that are openings that um, uh, openings in the aura that penetrate into the body. Um, so I see them almost like a bath plug. You know when you know your bath runs out? Yes. Um, and the water whirls around. It's, that's sort of the way I would visualize it. Um, and this whirling circular motion of the chakra forms a cavity or a vacuum in the center that draws in the en- energy it encounters um, on its particular vibrational level. Because every chakra has its own um, uh, vibrational, le- uh, you know, um, vibrational frequency. 
and therefore it links with certain specific energy. Um, and this energy it draws in is then processed and returned to the auric field. Um, the, the major chakras of the human body are the seven chakras, um, and they are all aligned, uh, you know, along the spinal column. So the aura has seven layers, and there is an inter interdependent relationship between your seven auric layers and your seven chakras. Um, so you could compare it to the layers of an onion working from the inside out. Um, each layer of the aura has a corresponding chakra to which it is directly connected. And each layer of the aura and its corresponding chakra relates to the physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual conditions of an individual. So the, the energy vibrations of a person's thoughts, feelings, you know, your state of health, your awareness or consciousness, and your past experiences are all stored in these um, different um, auric layers. And, and as I said, they are all linked to the different chakras. Right, so like pink, like with in a like, isn't there, you know, the chakra that goes in towards the? the um, I used to have acupuncture done the in the oh, I forgot it's over by the chest, it, it like the heart area or whatever. It would those um, or colors come and so they would be different for each chakra area, correct? Yeah, yes, that is correct um, because you know the different auric layers have different colors. Um, right. associated with them and um and that's why we also have the different colors you know associated with uh, with the chakras so it's all basically one thing you know right um, and exactly. it all works together um maureen maybe you can um um you know tell us a little bit about um the first layer of the aura okay yeah there's different layers and each layer well you kind of went, did you already go into this it's not a medium of expression, but also a blueprint, a part of ourselves. We do just talking about that, but uh, but anyway, um, it it eventually will manifest to health problems. So that's where our physical bodies. That's why they use crystals and such. I'm, I'm sure on each part of our bodies, and the, or everything kind of mixes together. It's very fascinating to me. So we can damage that layer through poor diet, for example, or eating sugar all day. That's me. And it's bad for your health and your breath. But it's also very bad for your energy field. It does not feed our, um, Eric, Eric, what's that word? Lair, so to speak. And it will damage it. So, stick around. I hear someone coming on. Can you come on? Yes, it's me. I'm Yay, back. There you are. Hi, everyone. <laughs> We've been holding your time. I've been doing your read. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Anton. Got right in there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anton, Maureen. Miss Peg, from what I understand, uh, Jax, um, I, w I want to let you know this. I think it's interesting, so I'm going to share it with everybody. Uh, Jack shared with me after my uh, everything went down, my whole system, and um, me too. Actually, uh, Jack shared with me after that happened. I think it's interesting it happened with you as well. Is that uh, when he wears crystal? He cannot wear crystals because they explode from his energy. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't even get. I I had a black screen, so I just wanted to share that with everybody because it just goes to show you how powerful an aura can be. Excellent. <laughs> So anyway, that's all right. Uh, thank you so much, Maureen and Anton. I really appreciate you uh, continuing on. Uh, yeah, I just Anton's wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Anton. I don't know. I couldn't hear. I could not hear anybody. 
I hope we didn't bore anybody to death, but um, we did our no, best. Did. And and hey, listen, <laughs> you were there for everybody, so I appreciate it so very much. I'm not sure what you really did because I know I was going to bring Miss Peg on, but before I do that, I just want to thank Jack so much for his time and energy and uh, the explosive energy, we can say that literally, and the wonderful information he shared for us to learn about. And, uh, Jack, I appreciate having you with us tonight. If you're interested in a reading or would like more information about Jack Alexander, please visit his websites. You'll find it on PsychicAccessTalkRadio.com under the Guest tab. There are three of them. He is multi-talented, talented, and as you can see, obviously a very powerful person so if you're unable to uh, get any of the websites down go to that page on psychicaccesstalkradio.com and I also want to uh, give you the call in number for readings at the end of the show which is 724-444-4851 and Miss Peg is now back yay <laughs> Excellent. Ms. Peg, are you on? Because I have a question for you. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but my entire Skype isn't nothing. Okay, there we go. Now it's moving. Yes, I'm back. I apologize for the delay. It just took me forever. It's okay. I think it's from our, our side. And uh, I just want to ask you if, you, if you're ready to roll, I want to ask you if you can talk to us about some of the meanings of the aura colors that you found. Well, well, one of the things that I've discovered, well, I pulled all the things together when my daughter, she was about seven years old, and she said to me when I was, I was doing my studies for, for um, the auras, for chakras and everything, and my daughter said to me um, when she was looking over my shoulder, she says, Mom, aren't those the colors of the rainbow? So, of course, you know, you start looking at everything. There's a connection to everything, and, and when, when it goes... Well, I'll tell you what. I think where Miss Peg was going was the root chakra, which is normally associated with red. Okay, because that's how we ground ourselves. Uh, that's how we live in the earthly world and so forth. Then the orange chakra, which has to do with our sexuality and uh, other parts of our being. The chi, the trust that uh, Jack was talking about. Our yellow chakra, which is our solar plexus. And uh, what would that mean, Jack? You tell us. The yellow shop. What is that related to? The yellow is usually the mental. So that's the, the mental, mental side. The mental, the mental can be isolating into any other part of the, the anatomy of the body. Which, which yeah, will uh, initiate certain adverse reactions. If you're mentally trying to heal something that's in your abdomen area, that's not going to work. You've got to go to the chakra area energy to facilitate the healing. A lot of things happen with the mind where the mind believes it can actually think and the mind is just a computer and if it goes blank, it goes blank. The heart though, what we were doing to try to reconnect the computer and we established the next that was all coming from the heart and nothing to do with the head. The head was down. <laughs> so the head is the computer. The head the is intellect. the computer, the intellect. That's the mental, the, the yellow. The yellow. It's what stores the information and believes because it stores the information that it can inter interact and give you emotional response. That's all coming from the heart. So let me ask you this. You were saying normally the, the heart chakra, which is the next chakra, is associated with green. 
And if that's it, but in me, it was pink. Why is that? Uh, because it was. Uh, why does a certain snowflake have a particular crystal configuration and not the other one? I, that's a question I, I can't answer. So, I don't know. so each individual might have a different colored chakra. Even if the colors are appearing exactly the same way off of you is on another individual, the density and the shade and the movement and the configuration are going to be different. Okay, sounds good. So then the throat chakra is normally associated with a, a blue, like a sky blue, for communication. Then the third eye chakra is the indigo color. And the pineal gland is the what they consider more the spiritual color of purple. Okay. And uh, so those are the chakras. And those are... Though there are main chakras going down the body, there are seven major chakras, and I believe they go through your back as well. Yes, there's more than seven. There's seven major ones. We have close as many acupuncture points there are on our body that are portals to go within to heal something, to facilitate something. That tapping on the right side of the brain might affect the left side of the body. The left side of the brain affects the right side of the body. That these very Chakras, they give us the, the, the signal as to what's going on in relation to the energy chakra that's coming off of the individual, and that is totally different. Okay, good deal. All righty, so now wanted to ask about, okay, can, and Anton, you might, uh, you might know more about this, can you expand on the interdependent relationship between our oral layers and the seven chakras, or did you already go through that? When we were um, yes, we, we already touched on that, end. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that, Anton. So, is, uh, is Peg with us? Is she gone? Okay, no problem. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. I'm here. Okay. Peg, can you, can you talk to us a bit about how far our auras extend from our physical bodies? Sure. One of the things that I discovered when I went to I went to a class um, uh, that was thrown by a, a metaphysical store many years ago, and they had one of those machines there that did the um, aura photos. And when I signed up for the class, I just thought for sure there wasn't going to be a lot of people there. And so when I got there, I was shocked because I, I don't do a lot of things in the public arena, and so there was like 26 people there. And so I kind of I pulled my energy in. And when they, at the beginning of the class, they took all of our aura pictures. And, and I'm looking at it right now, as a matter of fact. And the lady that took the picture was really amazed because my aura was the tightest to my, to my body that she'd ever seen. It was literally, uh, you know, very tight to who I am. And then at the end of this eight hours of class, um, you know, the aura was pushed out because I had relaxed and I chatted with these people and you kind of get a little rapport going, you know. And so you kind of open up and you let things go. And at the end, when we did our, when we did our aura pictures, my aura was, was, was pushing out four and five feet. Uh, but I have been, I have read certain places, um, throughout the years where it says, where it says that the, that aura can push out anywhere from 10 to 30 feet, depending on what you're doing, how you're meditating, what's happening in your life. That. That's so interesting. I appreciate that. Can you can you talk to us, Ms. Peg, about what the aura is composed of? Well, let's go ahead on to Anton. I'd like to turn back and ask you, Anton, about the topic of curling photography. 
Can you describe what it is and how it can be implied, applied in modern science and healthcare? Yeah, sure. We had some questions about it earlier in the chat room. Um, Kirlian photography gets its name from the guy who accidentally discovered it in the 1930s. Um, he was a Russian amateur inventor and an electrician. Um, and his name was Simeon Kirlian. Um, and Kirlian photography is basically a process that uses pulsed high voltage frequencies and electron cascades to take pictures of invisible radiating energy fields that surrounds everything, um, living both animate and inanimate objects. Um, um, and how it happened with Kirlian is while he was servicing a high-voltage machine with his wife, Valentiana, he was accidentally exposed to a harmless electron cascade, and a visible aura was seen around his hands, which he later captured on film. Um, and yes, up to, this, to today, you know, it's still used um, in, in various forms. Um, there are, of course, a lot, a lot of skeptics who say that it's, you know, it isn't what people believe it is. So there's still a lot of controversy around it. Um, but Curlian, you know, in the 30s already argued that these images um, might be, a, you know, a, a version or uh, it might be a registration of the presence of the aura. Um, there is a very famous experiment that a lot of people might know about um, that Curlian did um, many years ago where he actually, they, they plucked a leaf from a tree and they, they, kept, uh, they took a, you know, a series of photos, Curlian photos of it, as the leaf de deteriorated, you know, as it died. Um, and it was interesting to see how the aura fades as the leaf becomes dry and, um, you know, it curls up. So, but, but even more interesting than that, is in some versions of this experiment, because it's been repeated many times, they found a ghostly trace of the leaf um, that appeared to show up on film even after a part of it was torn away. So what they did is they would turn, you know, they would tear away half the half the half of the leaf um, and take another photograph of it, and they would still get the full aura, although the leaf was actually torn in, in two. They would still get, you know, the part that was missing there would still be um, an aura there. So you could you could compare it to, for instance, really? if you had to take a, a, a aura shot of somebody's body, which we can't do with Kirlian photography, unfortunately, because it's not um, it's not good for your heart. It's not safe. Um, I'm not sure how it works, but it's, it's, it's like x-rays or whatever. You have to be very careful. So they can only take um, shots of your hands and your feet. But if you could imagine that we could take a Kirlian photograph, uh, photograph of somebody's whole body and they maybe lost an arm or a leg, um, it is believed that you will probably still see the whole aura, you know. So the the leg that's missing, you will still see the aura of the the leg there, even though the leg is not there anymore. Well, that is what people believe in any case. So yes, that's basically what uh, Kirlian photography is all about. But now, what's interesting about it is that um, they're still doing a lot of research with this, um, and there's even a diagnostic machine that now exists um, where they can actually, you know. Take a sh uh, you know they can measure your your health virtually instantly, um, and this enables us to get new insight into the body's workings and interactions of our biological structures with with medicines and with meditation with light therapy. You know they they're doing all kinds of research with this. For instance, they found um, uh, with Kirlian photography that um, ob objects which are not alive do not change the parameters of their aura more than two percent. Um, while living objects 
um, however, can change the aura field dramatically and quickly, like uh, Miss Peg just described um, with this uh, class that she was attending, that the aura had actually changed during the time that she was there. So, um, yes, it's, it's quite fascinating. Fascinating. The, the, the main guys doing this research at the moment is uh, Professor Korotkov in St. Petersburg in Russia. Um, and for instance, something interesting that he demonstrated with an experiment was that the aura of the human body continues to change continuously for almost exactly 72 hours after clinical death. Um, so, you know, it seems that among other things, not only the time, but also the reason for death can be determined on the basis of these changes, um, which I find quite interesting because, um, you know, what we can see with this is that the aura basically hangs around for another 72 hours after we die, after we clinically dead. And I find an interesting correlation here with many religions, because, you know, in many, uh, many religious traditions, uh, people do not get buried or cremated or whatever, um, you know, for up to three days um, after they die. And um, it's interesting that there's this connection. That is, that is so interesting. And then finally, I can maybe just um, talk a little bit about um, what they're doing with Curlian images with food. They're actually taking Curlian photos of different foods, like they would take, you know, a photo of an orange or a peach that was um, uh, cultivated organically and one that wasn't. And it's amazing the difference in the, the auric field around these fruits, for instance. So, you know, um, and they can also show how our auras interact with various objects such as um, crystals or minerals or, or drugs even, you know. So it seems that using modern Curlian technology makes it possible for us to evaluate the degree of conscious control we have over our energy states and our aura. Uh, and it has shown that gifted spiritual and natural healers, for instance, can greatly influence their energy states and transmit their energy or thoughts to other people. So now all this stuff that we dabble with, you know, all the time, uh, can actually show up in Curlian photog photography. So, um, yes, it, it is actually very interesting. That is interesting. Thanks for that. I, I really appreciate that. I didn't know all that. That's, yeah, that's, that's really neat. Maureen, I think you have something really interesting to share, uh, and it's very unique. Yes. I know that you have experience with epilepsy and auras. So would you would you share some of those experiences uh, with us and what happens before, during, and after seizure regarding auras? Right, yeah. I'm, Anton and I, well, I did kind of go into that a little bit when we were all off, but off, well, when we all kind of went elsewhere. Oh, um, but, okay. <laughs> but, okay. you know, I, I did explain it to it. So, you know, if you guys want to go on to the next, because I did yeah, go into that. Actually. I would, and Anton, you know, you brought up something um, in a discussion that you and I had that I thought was very interesting, and it had to do with talking about the role of the aura in creating our physical reality. Yes. Can, can you talk to us about that? Um, yes, you know, I actually got this 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 uh, this thought process was triggered in me um, after I read an article by a certain Dr. Martin Brofman. Um, this um, this guy is a PhD, and he healed himself of terminal cancer through making a consciousness shift. Um, uh, 
it's very similar to that lady with the affirmations. I've forgotten her name, Louise Hay. You know, something very similar to that. Um, and um, he's very much into the whole aura thing and how it relates to our consciousness. Um, and basically how he explained it in his article is, is that when you take a Korean photograph of your hand, it shows a certain pattern of energy. And if you take a second photograph while imagining that you are sending love and energy to someone you know, there will be a different pattern of energy shown in the Korean photograph. Okay, so we've established that. So we can see that a change in our consciousness can create a change in our energy field. Um, and this energy field or the aura... Um, you know, we can see if there are holes in particular parts of the energy field, like Jack also explained earlier. Um, and, of course, these are said to correspond to particular weaknesses in specific parts of the physical body. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the weakness shows up in the energy field before there is ever any evidence of it on a physical level. So, in other words, we can see a symptom or an illness or a disease can show up in our aura before it actually physically manifests in our body. Yeah, so, actually, I agree. Yeah. When he was talking about my intestines, I don't have anything that you would say a doctor would have diagnosed is wrong, but if I don't take care of it, it could turn into that, right? Exactly. So this actually turns the whole thing the other way around, upside down, because now we have an interesting direction of manifestation um, in the following order. First, we have a change in consciousness, which creates a change in our energy field. So we change our consciousness, and thereby we change our aura or our energy field. And a change in our aura or energy field will happen before a change happens in the physical body. So the direction of manifestation is from consciousness through the energy field or aura to the physical body. So when we look at things this way, we see that it is not the physical body that creates our energy field or our aura. The aura come, does not come from the body. The aura or the energy field is what is creating the physical body. Yeah. So what we see as the physical body is the end result of a process that begins with consciousness. And this just confirms everything about all the stuff that we've been talking about on the show, the law of attraction, um, manifesting things, ch shifts in consciousness, um, life purpose, all that stuff. It starts with your consciousness and what you think about and what you believe in. And if you constantly think of yourself as being sick or if you have this overwhelming fear of a certain disease because it runs in your family, it's very likely that it's going to show up in your aura and it's eventually going to manifest in your body. So it's just a very interesting way of looking at it. And we obviously through this we can do a lot of preventative health care if we um you know if we can catch these things before they actually physically manifest and we can change that person's thinking because like I said this this doctor um um Brofman actually healed himself from terminal cancer by by doing this. See, that's really good. Anton, you brought up some really key points that I think are very important for everybody because you really integrated how through our aura and our, through our consciousness we can affect our health and how it shows up in the aura first. And that's why these aura readings are so important uh, so that we can really know where um, we can strengthen ourselves and where our talents and abilities are and so forth. But more importantly, that you integrated it into all the other uh, topics that we've spoken about and you brought it together, the, how we manifest everything from abundance to whatever else in our lives. So I really appreciate that. That's 
really, uh, those, that's a very important point. And what I'd like to ask uh, any of you, actually, and if, Ms. Peg, you want to start, uh, do any of you pick up on colors in your clients' energy fields during a reading in terms of colors? Now, we all read our clients' energy. Uh, that's how we do our readings, but we connect into the energy. But do you ever see colors? Actually, I do, and it's, it took me a while to figure out what I was what I was seeing. I didn't understand it because it's brought to me sometimes. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's it's kind of uh, smoky. It reminds me of smoke, actually. And I will see. To be honest with you, when it, when it first started, it was health related issues, and I was picking up the the dark browns or the or the blacks or even the grays that were going on when people were sick. But that's how it started. And when I started investigating what I was seeing and what was happening, I realized that it was the their, their essence, their energy color that was coming through. That's so neat. Anybody else, Anton or Maureen? Do you ever see um, colors? Yes, I, I, I do see. Yes, I do. Um, I don't normally see the full aura if the person is not physically in the room with me or if I don't have a, you know, a recent picture or a video image or something to work with. Um, so with long, uh, you know, but if the person is in the room with me, then, then I can see the full aura very easily. But with long distance readings, like, you know, phone readings like we do on Psychic Access or like the readings we do here on the radio show, uh, I tend to see the chakras, um, the best way I can say it in a, clear, in a clairvoyant way, in my mind's eye. So, for yeah. instance, when a client asks me about a certain matter, I might see the solar plexus chakra light up with a yellow flash. Um, and that, that I've learned is an indication for me that the client has a strong gut feeling about this issue. And that means they should trust the intuition going forward. Or another example would be that I would see uh, the blue glow of the throat chakra dimming out or fading away when I'm talking to someone. And I would immediately know they are not speaking the truth. Um, or that, you know, that they're trying to deceive me or something like that. So, yes, um, so typically with readings, that's actually more, my focus is no, normally more on the chakras. And interestingly, um, I also do get health information, but not as much as Ms. Pegg, I think. Um, my focus on the chakras tends to be much more on a psychological and emotional level. Very good. That's interesting. Thank you so much. We have come to the part of the show where we'll be taking our, your calls and questions. So, you can either call in or ask your question in the chat room. And the call-in number for your free reading is 724-444-4851. That number is 724-444-4851. Please uh, be aware that no one will actually answer your call, but when your call comes in, you'll be placed on hold automatically. So, just relax, listen to the show while you wait, and you'll be able to speak to us when you're placed on the air. All right. Do we have any questions right now? Yes, we do. Actually, we've got a call. We've got a question there from, I believe, Julie's first, and she's okay. asking. She's um, she, um, she's asking if she can help Ian with his uh, business, and if so, how? Okay. Does she mention what type of business it is, by the way? And the reason I ask is because I know I've I've heard that name. A number of times, so I want to just get a little bit of a different connection, if possible. Okay, I just asked her what type of the, what type of business it is. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a web. It's a web business on the internet. Okay, so it's a web business. She wants to know if she can help him and how. Yeah. Okay, I have something to say. <laughs> okay. okay. Here Go it goes. For it. Um, you know, 
first of all, I, I, I this is Julie, right? Julie, Julie. Yep. Julie, um, my feelings are that the best thing, I think you've already done this, you got some, it's almost like I see you like, so you're not doing it now, but prior to this, you went out and got some knowledge more, which he could have done, more knowledge about what you needed in order for this business to um, thrive or see a future or make it work. And I do see by your getting the knowledge that you attained, whether it be, you know, I don't know, not conventional school, but I feel, it looks like you had been a student, but that is over. And I and I do feel that there's there's money, there's generosity coming from someone that will be able to help him with the cash part of operating expenses or what he needs to get it going or at least to keep him at bay for a year. Uh, it looks very positive, thanks to you, getting some more insight. About yes, I also think that, uh, I think I also get that it's a very positive um, thing for for her to get involved in. Um, I'm getting that there will really be sort of like a meeting of the minds. Um, they seem to to be two souls that get along very easily. You know that they've got a very good connection going, and um, uh, so you know. I, I do think you will have a very good working relationship, so that's not something you need to be concerned about. And I, I'm sensing that you will be very—you can play a very important role um, in a supportive capacity, capacity. And for some reason, on an emotional level, so I, I don't know really how this—you know—fits in with the whole picture of what the website is about. But um, this is somehow on an emotional level, you can be very supportive. And I'm also seeing, Julie, that this is something that can be a great turnaround for you to send you in a very good new direction. It's, it's something that's really positive uh, for you in the long term to do because it can turn things around for you. Um, I hope that makes sense to you. So, yeah, that's what I'm getting. So, by all means, go for it. Um, I would go for it if I were with you. Uh, Julie? I got something on that as well for you. Um, yes, actually, you'd be a great help to Ian. That's the uh, first answer to your first question. Uh, second, definitely go for it. It's going to be great. The, uh, now, first thing, though, I want to say is I do sense some anxiety surrounding this. No need for that anxiety. Uh, just let that go. There's no need for that. You're very good. Actually, you bring a lot of a sense of peace and and balance to that. So that's not a problem. The only thing I would say is that as things go forward, it's going to be really important that the two of you uh, uh, really sort out what you really need to address and what you don't. That is something you're really going to have to work on. So make sure you get down to the nitty-gritty. Make sure you're dealing with realistic um, uh uh, like if there's a problem that comes up and you want to define the problem so you could resolve it in the business, make sure you're dealing with, uh, you're really looking at something realistic and you're really defining it. That's the only thing I would say. But that's normal in any business. So, yes, I feel it would be very positive for you to be involved. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, uh, Julie, there's something I forgot to say. And for some reason it's very important, so let me just get it out. Um, uh, for some reason, um, Ian... Um, you need to know that Ian really believes in you. He has a huge amount of, of faith in you. Um, so you just need to know that. For some reason, that's important. You know what? If you guys are interested, Jack is, uh, because he reads the medicine cards too, which is very rare. Uh, I, I, I'm like the only person I've ever known other than one other who does this. He, he's still with me, and he's seeing actually what I've laid out. So he has something to share as well. Julie, this is Jack. 
Glad to meet you. Uh, what I'm picking up is that you have a real depth of inner knowledge about this project and about what, what's going on within the project and your part in it. And these secrets are yours and not to be necessarily shared with the partner. It's, it's not that you're holding things back. It's things that may not be the right time to be sharing with this partner and getting this business off the ground. And the other thing is that um, remain a little bit, uh, the camouflage yeah, of the fox. Uh, go with the flow of the energy and don't be feeling that you have to be the one to constantly be the initiator of the energy. Keep yourself a little bit more um, camouflaged, yeah, in that sense protected. Blend in a little more. Don't be the one that's out in front of it. Okay. I hope that helps. Thank you. Do we have another question? Yeah, our next question comes from Cheryl, another regular in our chat room. She says she has a job interview coming up. Not sure um, she's ready for quite the responsibility of this position, but do you see her getting the job? And if I do, will I be able to handle it? Um, and she had a couple of questions earlier too. What's happening in her life is that she's got a job here, job here, job here, and and she's going in for. Uh, there's four. Uh, she applied for four um, application resumes, and now she's going in for an interview. Um, and I I don't want to take this one because you know she knows my opinion. So okay. Well, I I, I, I wanted to say something. Right. My feelings are right now. It's not a good. The timing's not good for these. Uh, the this. I, you know, I, I just, there's, I see a delay of a trip or a short trip as she was going somewhere to be meeting or interviewing. I see a ma male energy here who isn't in the best vibrational sense of the word. And um, what she's saying, I, I work right now, but only about five, ten more months. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, I, I guess what I'm picking up on is just uh, the timing, I'm not saying these are bad, it's just I'm just still in these ones or the ones you're asking about. There's other ones. Maybe in the next couple, there will be a, a couple other ones. And the ones you're asking about, I just don't see. Very favorable. Not that they're bad people, just it would be favorable. Too much um, stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Maureen. Cheryl, what I was going to say is I, I know you are. Uh, Peg mentioned that you applied for several jobs. So what I did is I keyed on in, you know, I'm asking when you ask the question for the one you're asking for or whether or not you get that job because if there are several, I just I just kind of laid things down and asked, are you going to get, and I'm feeling like the one you're, you were asking about. It felt to me like there was one more than another that you were emphasizing. So with that, I'm going to trust and I'm going to say, yes, you will get the job. However, I am feeling, uh, just as Maureen said, there's some sort of timing issue here. And um, there is, I believe, somebody that you need to take stock of in terms of integrity. That even if you were to work in this job, will you be able to handle it? That was your next question. Yes, you'll definitely be. I mean, you applied for it. You can handle it. But uh, what you may have difficulty with is a particular person within that. You'll overcome that. You'll figure it out. But it's going to take time. Okay, and that's the timing I'm seeing with that. 
No, no, if you have anything, Miss Peg, did you want to add to that? No, I really feel like, you know, I feel like she came to get, you know, other opinions. Um, she's, okay. a, she's a regular client of mine, so, but I really appreciate that, you guys. We do have another question in the room. I'm a little bit confused. It's from Kathy's Bear Lion Eagle. Um, I'm assuming with all those um, animal names, she's trying to figure out which animal totem to follow. But she does have a question. She says she wasn't sure what to decide between either finances or totem animals, so I haven't seen a, 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 another question there from her. Um, but we do have um, um, Jean Daniel in the room, and, and he wanted to say, he says, what I'd like to know is, do you all uh, are you all users of the tarot cards when someone asks a question, or does it just come to you as you see their nickname or somehow on the screen? Like, is it a big t- intuition? He wanted a little hit on how we how we um, help people. Does somebody else want to start first? I mean, I'll be happy to answer that. Uh, but if I want to hand, you know, kind of let somebody else take the floor if you'd like, Anton. No, please go ahead, Anne. Okay. Well. What happens with me is I do not use tarot, and my mother is a tarot reader, so it has a lot of validity to me. It's just that I don't resonate with the tarot personally. I resonate more with nature. It's just my energy. That's how I am, and so you have to find what resonates with you that triggers your intuition and that you feel comfortable with. So I feel really comfortable with the native world, so to speak, or nature, and for that reason... I use the animal medicine cards and the sacred path cards. Uh, I do not use tarot. And as far as intuition, basically I use the cards as a portal. You can learn the the general definitions of any card uh, in any type of deck, including tarot or animal medicine. But really what I do is I use it as a portal into each individual that I read for to uh, gain entry, or it's just an easy way for me to do, anyway, into however I receive that intuition, and how I receive it is going to be different for each individual. Sometimes I feel it in my body, like uh, with Julie, I felt a lot of anxiety in my, in the, like, bottom part of my belly, and uh, so when I feel it in my body and I'm doing a reading, I understand that I'm, I'm picking up on their energy over this situation. Uh, sometimes I see things clairvoyantly. Uh, I'll see words. I'll often read words that come to me, uh, but feelings, sensations, even even just a knowing. Sometimes no words, but just a knowing or a feeling, uh, a gut feeling, and I just know that it is. So it comes in all different ways for me. How about you, Maureen? You read tarot. I, I utilize the tarot. I don't need them, and it's hard to explain because the only way, I, a lot of times I, I don't use them when um, I used to be on the radio, FM station, things go so fast, and I'll throw them around, but I, I don't use them like a regular tarot reader, I guess, would, uh, or someone that just reads tarot. I, I look at the pictures. I, I need them for my own um, I have a hard time understanding where I'm getting the information. I do know that I, I, I pick up on smells. I pick up on, um, in my head, I have a little, like, movie projecting thing. Sometimes, oh, and my physical be- being is extremely affected by it. So I use the cards almost like in a way to defer me from 
or may being able to handle what it where I'm getting this from because I don't have like you guys and I you know I'm really upfront about this I don't have a, or I'm not aware of my guides I don't I'm not I, you know I don't know about this believing stuff like I you know I feel about I just know what I know I don't I don't feel the guides I don't talk I don't hear them talking to me I know God's in my heart but I do know that um, I may play with the cards in my hand I'm throw them out but I totally just not really go on what their normal interpretation may be. I didn't learn them like that anyway, but I was self-taught, and I just drew pictures of what I felt I saw. So I don't, whatever comes up, and I, now I don't question, I don't, you know, mind my questioning. If I start feeling really cold, sometimes my body will get cold, or something, you know, that's something of that nature. It's not coming from the fact I'm looking at a tarot card, and, it, and I go, well, that means it's making me, you know, there's something cold or something. I hope that helps. You can understand what I'm saying. What does that just, cold mean for you? Yeah, you know what? I, it's funny that you, I brought that up for a reason. Because many years ago, I thought I did a reading for gosh, 20 years, and and it was funny. I was doing a reading, and all of a sudden, I, I felt extremely. My body did. It was ice cold, and I was talking about something that, and I go feel like it's the time of the time being. I said it's going to be extremely cold for this, for where we lived at this time, and I said you need to be, you know, be very aware that I would suggest. You know, someone coming into your past, just don't even bother with them. It's just to your best interest. And I believe every negative, not believe, I know every negative can be a positive. So I got really cold, and it wasn't a tarot. I, I had the tarot in front of me, but I don't know. I just felt freezing cold. Freezing cold. I mean, I, I, she touched me, I was freezing cold. And it happened wow. to be, this did come about. And she listened to me. I put all my readings on tape in person to people. She listened to me, and it was the coldest day of the year, or in the past, like 20 years worth. In, in the town I lived in, it happened to be that her ex, who was a violent man, did pop around in, to, towards her home, and she did not open the door for him. So she remembered what I mentioned, you know, just in case. So, wow. So, you know, that, yeah, so I don't know where it comes from. That's cool. So it all has meaning. How about you, Anton? Um, you know what? I find that, um, uh, oh, I personally, um, I don't really use any tools. I've tried everything, you know, that is, I've, you know, I've, I've tried a bit of, um, you know, using a pendulum and stuff like that. I always have my tarot cards around because sometimes I do, I do um, use them. So I, I've, I think, um, you know, Jean Daniel, why he's concerned about this is that um, he's interested in, in becoming a tarot reader. Um, and I would just like to tell him that um, what he needs to know is that there's for some reason this, um, uh, there's a lot of elitist, uh, you know, thinking, um, going around about this, that um, you know, if you use uh, things like the tarot cards, then then you're less of a psychic or something like that, which is absolute nonsense. Um, it doesn't matter really how you get to the information, um, as long as the information makes sense and it makes a difference in people's lives. You know, that's from my point of view. So yeah, I've you know I've tried everything that that I could lay my hands on, um, but um, I find that if I just work with with my natural instincts and um, that I get the best results that way. But I have the cards around, you know, sometimes, um, especially when I read for very nervous clients, when they're like really sort of, you know, the energy is very blocked or they're very scared or they're anxious and, you know, and then it becomes, it just becomes a little bit noisy in my head is the best way I can describe it. And sometimes um, the cards help me just to refocus or, you know, sometimes there's so many, people have so many issues going on and they phone you and they only have like uh, eight minutes and, and they want to solve their whole life in that eight minutes and all this stuff comes through at the same time. And then it's, 
it becomes difficult for me to to separate the the different issues. So sometimes I do pull the cards out and I use them. Um, I you know I have no problem with with people doing that or using the cards all the time. Um, to me, it's just important that that the you know the information comes through. So it doesn't really matter how it's done. So Jean Daniel, the point I'm trying to make is that you know if you want to to use tarot cards um, and if you want to do readings using tarot cards, there's absolutely um, nothing wrong with that. You know, go for it. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Ms. Pitt? What, well, what I discovered, what I discovered with, um, I had, I have wonderful sets of tarot cards. As a matter of fact, many sets of them, um, and I did use them at the beginning because I needed to trust myself, um, and they had, they were, they're a wonderful tool. It um, helped me in 2006 to start trusting myself, and in, in all actuality. I, I, I thought that people would listen to me more, to be honest with you, if they if they saw the tarot cards, which isn't the case anymore. I don't have that fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I get that. Anton said something, and I, I didn't realize it until I heard him say, you know, that, that noise in your head, and that's that's just such a simple way to explain it. That's exactly what happens. You know, when I've got a day when I've got, you know, I've done 13 readings, um, and all the, yeah, he's, that's, I just like the way he put that. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. I have noise in my head. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Saying and they'll yeah. from you. That's funny. Yeah, it comes back to the the whole crystal ball thing. Because um, uh, I recently wrote a blog for it uh, for psychic bloggers um, about people believing that you, you know you, uh, um, psychics physically see things inside a crystal ball, and that's that's not really how it works. All the ball, the crystal does. So some people use. You don't even need a crystal ball. You can use a glass of water. Um, mm-hmm. You can use a piece of glass or a mirror. Some people look at a candle flame, and that's the same thing that the tarot cards do. It's just a, a physical tool to help you to focus. Um, so, um, and I always say, you know, in my opinion, the best uh, psychic readers. Um, are not, in my opinion, necessarily the most talented ones. You know, there are people that are extremely gifted, but they cannot read for other people because they have trouble interpreting what they, they're experiencing, what they're sensing and yes. they're seeing and feeling and hearing. So, because a, a lot of it is symbolic, you know. So, uh, you know, I recently had an interesting experience. I was doing a reading for someone about somebody that was in trouble, and it had to do with a certain drug that causes people to become very aggressive. And what I was seeing is I was seeing men beating each other up, having a bar brawl, you know, having a fight with blood flowing out of their noses and stuff. And and I say to this client, you know, this person is in trouble because of anger, because of rage. And it's some sort of legal issue. Meanwhile, it had to do with a drug, the illegal selling of a drug that causes this symptom. So, and there I learned another thing. Next time I see that, I will know what it means. So the point I'm trying to make is that, um, you know, sometimes we get it wrong, not because we're not seeing what's there, it's because of our interpretation or our translation, because we're only human, and we have to do the best we can with the way we understand things that come through. And at the same time, you, you can't let your own logic or your own thinking interfere, because then it becomes your opinion, and then the whole thing falls apart. Um, so... Um, So the point I'm trying to make is whatever works for you. If you need to look in a glass of water to help you to focus and to translate what you're getting, or if you need to look at a stack of tarot cards, then by all means go for it. It's different strokes for different folks. Exactly. I agree. And as you continue, like uh, Anton was saying, you'll learn how you you receive things through your experience. You'll 
learn, okay, this is how I receive this, or this is how I receive that emotion, or this is how I learn, you know, or I see this symbol, which represents, you know, I've learned uh, certain things. And so just through experience, as you start doing, just start reading for your friends and stuff like that, and that will gain a lot of confidence uh, just by doing that. And Jack has something to add, by the way, so go right ahead. Go right ahead, uh, Part of any perfect system in the perfecting process is to use yourself as the vehicle. So if you're going to practice this modality of using the tarot, ask it direct questions, write them down, and do the process of using the card and get the answer. If the answer rings true to you, then go with the flow of that information. If you see, or there's some obstruction where you say, this is possibly couldn't be me, on that particular mo mode of where that card is stationed, do another spread to get clarification on what might be blocking you, or if indeed your intuition was correct, and this has nothing to do with you. And when you practice things like that, you'll see a formation of the energy coming through you from the information that the cards contain, and when you're doing it with somebody else, the information can be trusted and relied on because you've been through the experience yourself and you can identify with the symbol and the energy flow of how it makes you feel. I would really encourage you to do it with yourself before you start bringing in other people's energies with it. Okay, that's what I did, actually. I did my own readings, asked myself questions, but we all know it's hard to be objective about your own readings, but that's what I did, and then I read for friends, you know, and stuff like that. So I definitely would encourage you. And if you go to psychicbloggers.com, I actually wrote an article on a uh, on psychic development and a certain method, uh, to use a certain method, which is actually very, very easy. If you go through your day, you go through your day and you sit back at the end of the day and you pick an event or a person or some something that happened during that day that stands out to you. It doesn't have to be negative. It could be a positive thing. Just sit back and ask yourself how you feel about that event or person, and you'll get, like, sensations in your body or feelings or whatever, and it'll be through, it could be the heart area, the solar plexus, and, and then I started doing that consciously when I was standing next to people, talking to people, asking, okay, how do I feel about this topic or this conversation? And then you start doing it naturally, and you'll start getting feelings or whatever, you know, uh, intuitions just naturally as a matter of habit. That's just a little hint. You might want to take that with you. Great. No, I would you. also make, maybe like to add that um, something else, John Daniel, that you can do is when you do tarot readings, like um, uh, uh, I think uh, Anne suggested that you do some readings for friends and family. When you do those readings, I found personally that um, the best um, psychic reading or tarot reading or whatever it is, um, the best ones are always the ones that, that you don't understand. Um, <laughs> Yep. My best readings are when I'm talking stuff and it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, I just can't figure out what this all means. It sometimes sounds crazy to you. Um, it makes absolutely no logical sense. It's nothing that is in your frame of reference that you can piece together and get some story out of. And those are usually the best. They're usually 100% accurate, those readings, because the client is, by that, by that, by the end of that reading, they're normally lying on the floor in all because um, everything you said just 
make perfect sense to them. So um, the less you understand about what you're talking about, the better for you. The moment you start putting your own interpretation or your own spin or own logical thoughts into it, it becomes problematic. One of the things I want to, I want to suggest too, and this is for anybody that's beginning uh, a, a spiritual trek in any direction, is to start journaling things. It's, even if it's a sentence at the end of a day or at the beginning of your day. But when I started with the tarot, I, I personally, the person that bought me the tarot deck bought me the journals and the, and the pretty pens to go along with it. And, you know, I, I, I wrote down everything that happened, whether I thought I was, um, over enticing the cards, bullying them, or trying to push them to get the answers that they wanted. I wrote everything down. And when I went back, you know, months later, even sometimes in cases years later, I looked at those, I looked at those card throws and exactly what the cards said happened was gonna, was gonna happen, did happen. It just, I was too, I was right in the middle of it. This is for your personal use too, by the way. Um, and you can also do that for certain clients too. Um, write things down and see how, and see how the cards throw each time. My daughter is, um, 11 years old and she's extremely impressed with her deck, um, because she'll sit and she'll play with it and, and she, she'll be amazed at the cards that fall out over and over again are the same cards. Like, so I tell her to read those because that's a lesson for her. And for the time she was two years old, she had, they had the little tiny, tiny two-inch mini deck. And she had her own little deck when she was little. And she'd splay them all around her in a great big circle. And she'd sit in the middle and she'd tell you the story about each one of them. It's amazing stuff. That is really neat. Kids are so awesome because they're so yeah. open. They're so close to their connection. Yeah, yes. they are. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Peg. That's awesome. Uh, I guess, I'm sorry, were you about to say something, Ms. Peg? No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you took a breath and I was ready to be quiet. But um, what I was going to say is what you said is so true. When you write it down, because you you are, even though you don't realize it, uh, you're, you are in an altered state of consciousness to a degree that if you don't write it down, you go back later, you won't remember everything. Yes. And that's the thing that I find is so key. And what Anton said is when you don't understand things, when you really kind of, you just remember, keep the fact that, make sure your intention is is for the highest and greatest good of all, that you're as sincere as you can be, be totally centered in your integrity when you do it. And then all you need to do is trust. Let spirit do the rest. Yep. Let the information come and it will be the best information for that person and you can trust that. Yep. Okay. All righty. That brings us to the end of yet another great show. And I wish to thank my co-host for being so supportive and would also like to thank my guest, Jack Alexander, for joining us. He stayed till the very end. He's a trooper. (laughs) (laughs) And next week's show will be anchored by Miss Peg. Miss Peg, what do we have to look forward to next week? Well, I'm really excited because this lady's site I have been following for, gosh, darn near a decade. I love this site. She's a lovely lady. Her name is Lynn Coiner. She's a master astrologist. And one of the things I'm happy to, to, to tell you all is that she's she goes so much deeper than the, the newspaper, you know, little horoscopes that you read every day. Um, I've had several, uh, I've read several of her papers, very interesting stuff. I can't wait to share with you guys all the things she says about the planetary movements that are correlating with the changes that are upon us right now as we speak. And I really want to thank my hosts, my co-hosts and, 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 and Jack and Doug for the patience tonight. I don't know what happened to my computer, but somebody came in and just jacked it off me. I don't know what happened. But I really appreciate you guys for the patience while Mercury did this little thing to me tonight. So, <laughs> Same to me. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much, Anton, Doug, and Maureen for carrying on 
when uh, me and Peg were lost in space somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cyber dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Peg. Good night, Maureen. Good night, Allura. Thank you. And it was it was enjoyable and it was interesting and it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Anton, good night. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. May the energy of the divine self inspire you and the light of the soul direct you. Until we meet again, namaste. And from me, Alora, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I look forward to having you with us again next week. So God bless everyone and have a great week.